again, you're listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and Denardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have in the studio right now? Who are you? My, my name is Aaron Chapman. And who have you brought with you, Aaron? I have brought with me. Who's this guy here? <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Yeah, who He are, doesn't know. Who are you? My name is uh, Danny Filipponi. From the... Penthouse nightclub in Vancouver, which Yay! you, re- Aaron, have yes. written about many I wrote, times. I, I wrote a book. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, who I, are you exactly? I, I, I'm a I'm a uh, an author here in Vancouver, historian, and I wrote a book called Liquor, Lust, and the Law, the story of uh, Vancouver's uh, notorious uh, penthouse nightclub. And with me here is the proprietor and owner uh, of the penthouse, uh, Danny Filipponi. Yeah, who are you, Danny? I'm a guy. When I was 17 years old, was asked a question. And I either had a yes or a no answer, and that answer was yes, and it actually changed my life when I was 17. And stay tuned to the Nardwar Show for more information on Danny's <laughs> life. You got this it. This is the life. Is it the life of Danny? Is a book? Is a book, Danny? Liquor, lust, and the law. Your life. Is this, it your is, life? this is a, a book truly about my family and what our family has sort of done in the city of Vancouver, dating back to the 40s, uh, up until this day right now. And Aaron has captured it. Was Aaron the first person to capture your story? He was. Be- because have there been other offers for other people capturing your story? Yeah, you know, when, when Aaron came along to uh, to write this book, he wasn't the first person who approached the Filipponi family, but he was the first person who got it right. And from here on, he has been, uh, obviously, the rest The rest is history. How did Aaron win you over? He wrote an article <laughs> in the Vancouver Courier. And my dad, uh, when he read that article, he always commented to me that that person, that, that kid who wrote that article, got it bang on. And when it came time to write the book, there was lots of people coming to me and saying, I want to write it, but Aaron was our guy. And what about you, Aaron? How did you win over Danny? Again, this is Danny from the Penthouse Nightclub in in Vancouver. How did you win over Danny, who has had many book offers over the years? Oh, for sure. You know, I I, I walked by the Penthouse one day and I saw established 19... 46. Well, actually, just to interrupt you for a second, I thought the intro actually was you. The first time I was at the penthouse was seven years old. But I realized that was actually Danny. It Back been. to you, Aaron. Yes, yeah, for sure. I, no, I, I saw the side of the, on the side of the building in actually 1947, and it was 2007. I thought, geez, it'd be interesting to write an article. The penthouse has, been, or has written, been written a lot about here in Vancouver. There's any number of articles or items in the newspaper or magazines. And but some of the stuff I'd read I knew wasn't necessarily true even from my outsider's perspective at, to, at that point. So I, I I did an interview and and while a lot of people had focused on Joe Filipponi, Danny's uncle, and Ross and the and the previous generation, there had been l- less I think written about in terms of Danny's world and him running it. So I kind of focused a little bit on him and the new era and what it's like for you know in this day and age of the internet and the new world we're living in and everything else and the new what bars in Vancouver have to deal with in terms of the economy and the liquor regulations and everything else 
Uh, you you came after the source. I came right. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and now you are the source. I get. I've been called the penthouse biographer. Yeah. So, <laughs> because actually, I, I, would, I would. I would wear that proudly. <laughs> Mary Shearman from SFU has a 214-page thesis on a penthouse. Here we go. And you are quoted. There is a thesis. Somebody <laughs> used the penthouse to graduate. What can you say about that, Danny? Yeah, I know that for a fact because my son goes to SFU, and he came home one time saying a couple of his friends were doing a report, a project on the penthouse. <laughs> he thought that was sort of uh, cool at the time. Yeah. But this woman actually has a 214-page amazing thesis. Jeez. She got an MA yeah. or a BA or whatever. A PhD. PhD, a yeah. PhD on the penthouse. She has penthouse. a PhD in the penthouse. She's, she's just eminently qualified. Have there been a lot of people at the penthouse Every day would qualify for a PhD. No, no, that that that, that would be a rarity. <laughs> and we began with your theme song, yes. Aaron Chapman. Could you explain about that? That please? is all the time in the world by the great band, the Nipple Erectors, which was Shane McGowan's first band before the Pogues. And apparently produced by Paul Weller, you're telling me on the break. There. He did actually produce a couple songs. I'm not sure about that. Maybe one, not that but one, but he did but, produce but some, some and nip actually, stuff. Yeah. Apparently, there was some sort of TMZ article where Paul Weller bought a Union Jack a shirt off the Nipple Rector. Oh, wow. There back we go. in the day for a lot of money. Wow. Like Amazing. Paul saw the shirt and was like, well, I, I thought want that. I thought the Nipple Rector's uh, song would be a great way to kick off the penthouse. You know, like, uh, but it's your theme song because you've been out to Nardwar show quite a bit. Haven't I have you? over the years. Since since the early 90s, I, I, I come out here every, every few years. Now, speaking of CITR, Danny, your mom. You think? No, no, I don't you think. Know. I, I It was 1975. Now, I don't know what year CITR officially 1937. opened. 1937. So 1975, I was 12 years old, and my mom got a job, a part-time job, and she worked at CITR. She was a secretary. So it all comes back to CITR. AO, that's where I met you, AO Chaman. Exactly. AO, the best voice in radio. That's what you said when I first came in here in 1992. He a does have a great voice. AO Duncan. <laughs> Duncan, from the ESP Fair we interviewed all those years ago. AO Hugh Dillon. Hugh Dillon, yes, yeah, Hugh from the Headstones. I just saw him again. AO Get in the Bed and a Tree Fort. Oh, my God. One of the great stories. Get in the Bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Filth. Yeah, filth. Because you were saying you want the filth. You want, you, want the, you want the filth. You want the filth. You want the. Of course you do. A A O lick the pole. Lick the pole. My friend Rebecca's great band. Yeah. Who actually didn't lick the pole break up both the cult and the bare naked ladies? They, they. I'm I'm not willing to put my name on that quote, but I've heard that said before. Ao red hot video. Yeah. You are here to name name. Well, not a, quite. One of the weirdest summer jobs I've ever had. Did you ever know about that, Danny? No, I did not. AO working <laughs> this at is all Red coming yeah, live. All coming yeah. But AO will not reveal names. You no. said there was a certain well-known musician that came in and there, ordered there were, some very disgusting Who are you? <laughs> and you were more than happy to give it to him. But you, I have tried for years, for if, 20 years, to get that name out of you. Yes. Yeah, that's true. No, I had a really bad summer job working, working there, and uh, I did graveyard shift. Probably the worst job I've ever had. Next to the worst, next one would be uh, working as an exterminator one summer, but um, that was uh, that was back in the nineties. Yeah, and you were anyway. also the tour manager for No Means No. And I did you for lost ten thousand bucks. No, I never did. I never did. I was on the tour where it was uh, there was a briefcase taken uh, when Rob took it out 
and it was either taken out of the car or he had accidentally left it behind. But uh, we were in Wisconsin somewhere. And I, yeah, I was I was on the road with Nomi's Gnome for a couple of years, uh, selling merch and doing a little bit of tour managing that when Rob didn't want to do it. So again, we're talking to A.O. Chaman, author of Liquor Lust and the Law. That's right, and Danny. The subject of Liquor Lust and a Law, all fan. about the Penthouse Nightclub in Vancouver. But back to you, A.O. Harlan Ellison. A.O. Harlan Ellison, yeah, you sure. were last heard talking on the Nardwar to Human Serviette show. On the uh, anniversary show. On the yeah. anniversary show about Harlan Ellison. And I don't know if Har- Harlan ever came, when he came to Vancouver, there's an amazing number of people who have been to the penthouse. Um, Led Zeppelin uh, came to the penthouse. Did you know that? Uh, there's a list that I found what? of all the performers that came to the penthouse, and some people just who stopped in for a drink. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. Did the beachcombers ever come to the penthouse? Bruno Gerusi filmed a, a CBC television show called "What's a Nice Guy Like You Doing in a Place Like This" with Jackson Davies. That's right. At they the filmed, penthouse. Oh, it's filmed, a nice show like you doing. Oh well, yeah, they filmed it. Cool. They filmed it on Sunday uh, evenings when we were closed. And I was a kid, and I remember they would go and they would film and set up the whole studio. It was quite fun to see. How about Relic? I don't, <laughs> I'm sure he was in there at some point. He could in be time. there tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Ayo, also the Clark Park Gang. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, that's that's another that, big book that's covered in the in the newest book I did called The Last Gang in Town. Uh, Danny, you kind of launched the career of Aaron, didn't you? Well, you did Lincoln no, Lost in the Law, and the next thing he's doing the Commodore <laughs> book we, we, and the <laughs> Clark Park book. We off, we often do joke about that, but. In in retrospect, but, so there is some <laughs> truth to the rumor. There's, there's, there's totally, I, I would totally admit that because I was uh, I was a fairly unknown writer when I did the uh, when I did the penthouse book, and there were certainly many other people that were considered that would have equally done a, a, a terrific job. I'm sure John Mackey would have been. John told me afterwards. He goes, "Thank God somebody did it, or you did a great job on it," because I didn't have the time to do it. And and things like that, but uh, overnight I suddenly became I had an author and a, and a and a and a best-selling book to my name that was nominated for a BC Book Prize, and it was a huge uh, door open. And Danny, in the two years prior, would call me every once in a while saying, "Listen, I think we're gonna we got a book. We're gonna do something. This I want you to write." And it would it would hang there. And I remember in January of uh, 2012, he he called me one day. He said, "Listen, call these guys at this local publisher, Arsenal Press." And tell them who you are and that you're the guy to do this. And I felt like I was calling like a fuller brush man just showing up at somebody's doorstep. But but and, do, you, and, do you remember all the times when you actually were hired to write the book? I would be at home. It wouldn't matter what time of the night it was. I get a phone call at 1230. I got a question for you. Got a question for you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I used to call or text him at all hours saying, Danny, do you remember what happened with this person? Who was this guy? Who's the person in this picture? We wouldn't even say hello to What's, each other. We would just go right into uh, yeah. our conversation. Yeah. I was curious about the cross over between books you have written like you did that recent book on the Clark Park gang yes. and Mouse is in a book yes. you know the famous Mouse yeah. did Mouse ever come to the penthouse I think he said he did I know a couple of the guys did um, is there a crossover? You Brett, know, kind of like yeah. the, you know, Laverne and Shirley on it, Happy Days, it, it, you know, that sort of thing. Certainly, there, there's crossover. Was Mark and Mindy also on Laverne and Shirley? Yeah, I think. That, yes, they, yeah. were, they were good. Like, yeah, so that's is there right. a crossover? There, occasion there is. There's, there's, uh, there's one of the Clark Park guys that goes to the Commodore that talks about that in the book. Um, and there's, I can't remember, in the penthouse, there's, there's, the, there's a, something about the penthouse in the Commodore book. 
Um, yeah, there is crossover occasionally. That's, that's and you will never turn down a gig, speaking of the Commodore. <laughs> because actually, next Thursday night, could you explain what is happening next what? Thursday ne- night? Ne- next Thursday, it's a big show. It's a big show. But it's, first it's, you, Aaron. <laughs> sure. Because there's some confusion. You have oh, two, you are I double booked, are I see you? what you're saying. You never turn down a gig. Never turn down a gig. No. What ha- uh, actually, what do you think about that, Danny? I once interviewed, <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm yeah. um, Jim Rose. And I, Jim Rose from the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow. Yeah. Do, do you know? Jim, he is like, uh, he was. Do you remember Jim Rose? I, I don't, but that, that's. Uh, a, you, I, yeah, back Jim in the Rose? 90s. Yeah, Jim Rose Circus Sideshow. He, he was, was on Lollapalooza. Yeah, th- yeah he, he had But I, I've heard about this double book. Well, so, I, yes. uh, when no. I was saying, like, yeah. uh, when I was talking to Jim Rose, I said, oh, Jim, your gig at the Commodore is sold out. And he said, don't ever say it's sold out. <laughs> we can always add another <laughs> show. Yeah. And you were kind of along that lines. I, in I, other I, words, you are double booked. What happens? Next, next Thursday. I am double booked. What happens is, what happens was, is, is, the, is the penthouse. Uh, 70th anniversary is next Thursday on Thursday the 30th. Tickets still available. 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, doors open. And what happened was, uh, while that got organized the same day before somebody could reach me, went ahead and we went ahead and booked this other speaking thing I'm speaking at at the Vancouver Public Library Central Branch with Eve Lazarus. Uh, another history author in town. We're doing a uh, doing a talk. Cold on Case Vancouver. Cold, she wrote a book called Cold Case Vancouver, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the Clark Park gang and and the and the police. Just Vancouver a little police. bit, because we need the penos. Uh, just a little bit, and then I'm going to. Uh, Eve's going to talk, and then I'm going to say I'm going to quote what Frank Sinatra said at, in 1958 yeah. at, at after his third encore at the Orpheum Theater that night. Said, "Folks, that's it. We'll see you all at the penthouse, and bring everybody from the library <laughs> over to the penthouse, and then the, there's sort of a, the party continues there. So, but that's what that's what happened. There's actually two things going on for me, but the, the, of course, the main thing is is, uh, is the penthouse. Thing. So, Danny, next Thursday night, yeah, it's going to be happening. Yeah, it's you know we don't do these big uh, parties all the time. You'd think after 70 years we would have, you know, hundreds of these crazy big parties, but we don't. We're actually pretty selective. When, like when we had the fire, when we had our fire back uh, the day we had a grand reopening or, you know, when, when we launched the book, we had a big part. So this is we haven't done a, a real big one for at least probably four, five, four, four or five, five years. years. Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, every every guest celebrity, big bands. We've got a, a seven piece band with a, a horn section and or locksmiths. We got local burlesque band. show. We're going to have it's going to be. And a, we a, also have free tickets. We got free. CITR. We certainly do. Uh, right yes. in my hand. Uh, soon we will be releasing the number to CITR, and you, a, a lucky winner, will win lucky some winner. tickets. Good, or, or a book. And or, 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 yeah. uh, maybe both. Maybe both. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Uh, so why? The caller might go, well, I already had the book. Like, what is the difference between, you know, one and two? So, uh, uh, well, first of all, the book has been selling for the past four or five years, and simply they, they were running out of them. And, uh, and I came up with a, a suggestion, why don't we do a reprint, a new edition, but we had so many people after the first book was released call and drop by the penthouse with, with photographs, new photographs that they found in their collection. Hey, you should add this to the book, you know, add this. So all, I, I kept on grabbing these photos. Finally, when the idea came came along, I said, we can, we can add 25, 30 new photos. Plus, we wanted to add a couple new chapters about what has happened to the penthouse from the book. So we added a couple more. Aaron wrote a couple more uh, chapters. So sort of finish off what's happening at the penthouse since the success of the book. Yeah, that's bad. And again, we're talking to Aaron Chaman and Danny from the penthouse about the re-release or the republishing, the second new and revised edition, third edition, third Third edition, edition. the new and revised edition of Liquor, Lust, and the Law. But Ao also the cistern.
The sister. The sister. <laughs> that is an amazing that was a, story. That was a real McKenzie story. That was a real McKenzie story when I was on tour with the real McKenzie's, where we would um, we would take the cistern of the toilet of a place that we were at, and you could if you put things in it. This is like long, shit. <laughs> that's a long. That's a long story. <laughs> then we would you basically to, we would only do it to shit it in the cistern <laughs> yeah, yeah, rather than the toilet. And we did it to people we didn't like. And you <laughs> also took a cup of soup. Yeah, you take the water pick, uh, like the shower head, and you, you put some bovril and cup of soup in there, and you, then you put the water pick back together, and then the, the you, people turn on the hot shower, and it'll smell like uh, you know beef bovril and soup. <laughs> and it was a great practical joke to pull on people. A O Chaman. No, Danny, what is the penthouse exactly? What is the penthouse? Oh, it's this... Uh, you know, if people are wondering, it, it, what uh, is the penthouse? Well, the, the penthouse uh, is a building located on Seymour Street. It's been there since 1947, uh, legally. But really, the, the penthouse has been open a lot longer than that. We're, we're celebrating our 70th. But what it is, it's, it, it's a building that was built and created by my family, my dad, Ross, um, uh, his his brother Joe, Mickey, and Jimmy. Did you actually live in the penthouse? No, they. My family uh, lived next door. My dad's family. Did you, you never did. No, I I lived in the Oak Ridge area, but we would uh, our family would go down there every Sunday for our Sunday dinners, and we would do our trick or treating down 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 on Seymour Street. But the penthouse became a, a home of operations. I mean, right next door to the penthouse, there's a home. That's still there, and it's the, one of the oldest uh, registered houses in, in downtown. Still, yeah, in downtown Yelltown. And, and it's still owned by our family, and uh, it was the base of our operation when we used to run a cab company. Uh, the Eagle Time. Uh, yeah, Eagle Time and Diamond Cabs. I was cabs. always confused by Eagle Time c- Cabs. Well, it was, it was Diamond Cabs, Diamond Cabs, and Eagle Diamond. Time Delivery. That's uh, it. But both of them sort of did the same thing. They used to deliver not just people in cabs, but obviously, you know, liquor. You know, and uh, and shuttle people around the city. But your grandma had great meatballs. Oh, geez, the uh, one of the one of the funny things about the book was, uh, Aaron wrote this fantastic book, and my mom, uh, she found the recipe from my nana, and uh, she put in this authentic meatball recipe. One recipe she put in the book. That one recipe got got so much play from people. I, I run into people in the store. Oh, I cooked uh, your, your those the famous meatballs. The so, best meatball recipes. So we, we added in, in, in the new edition about seven or eight new authentic recipes as well, dating back. The marquee at the penthouse oh. is amazing, especially for me personally. When I think of an interview that is successful, I think of my interview with Seth Rogen, where yeah. you oh. thank you, Dad. Yeah, unbelievable. No, big, Can you explain unbelievable. that? Unbelievable. That was well, great feedback, wasn't it? It was like, incredible. Well, like for me personally, well, there, I there, do an interview. I got to have a shout out to, to our, our, our. There's a group of guys at the Penos, uh, two, three in particular. We call them the Marquee Boys, and that's what they are. They're bartenders, uh, um, and they are the Marquee Boys. They have spent the last couple of years reinventing that marquee. I don't know how they do it, but the slogans that, well, I have an idea how they do it, but <laughs> I, I know these guys, they come up with, people stop on the road. Cars are now stopping well, while they're changing the sign. Didn't, uh, during the Olympics, the CIA say change the marquee? Well, that was because we put up something about President Clinton, and I got a phone call from uh, the CIA, the, actually the Secret Service, Secret and Service. asked me to remove the sign. Because the motorcade was going to be going down Seymour Street. I thought the phone call was, could you arrange a private show? <laughs> oh, yeah. But I did remove the sign. I thought it wasn't a good idea to get in trouble with those guys. <laughs> that, Seth hold on. Rogan that Seth Rogen thing. thing. Oh, big but story. Let's have... backtrack actually yeah, what I happened there. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Neptune Records, yeah. I did the interview yeah. at Neptune Records. Big. Uh, Rob from Neptune actually has a penthouse sign. 
That's incredible. I, he showed. He, he sent me a picture of that what, recently. It's the older sign. It's, yeah, it's an old sort of tin sign from the 1950s. It must have been on a wall or something. Yeah, it would be nice yeah. to get it back in the club. Right? Yeah, but yeah. The, I went into Neptune and I interviewed Seth Rogen. Great interview. What, uh, could you explain? I, I'll be I'm very happy to. What happened in the course <laughs> of your interview, you asked him, I think first, like, what was the first strip bar he had ever been to? And, you, and, and he said the penthouse, in which you already had the book with him. I don't know where, how you knew that. This great, you know, Nardwar research, classic Nardwar research. You knew this was a story that you brought the book for him, and then he was going through the book, and he couldn't believe uh, that the, the penthouse history of the place had gone that far back, and he was thumbing through it in the middle of the interview and whatnot. But it, that was so amazing to watch, and uh, that was so crazy to see uh, that the guys down in the Mar- the Marquee boys down at the club then put up uh, on the sign. What'd they say? Well, uh, Seth Rogen, uh, come on in for your free drink. Yeah, Seth Rogen drinks for free. Yeah, he drinks for free. Yeah. Oh, that was good. And that was up there for the week that he was shooting in town or something like this, and it got a lot of attention, and that was, that was hilarious. In classic Nardwar style and in classic censorship style, I forgot to turn on my mic for this last little segment. So you probably heard me, the listener, you heard me through Aaron and Danny's mic. Oh, there we go. I just thought I would mention okay. that. Thank you, There's listener. There's nothing wrong with your set at home. Somebody tweeted me that. Oh, um, good. Well, Slip naughty by nature. Technology. Slip naughty by nature. <laughs> That's good. Tweeted me that. Um, but has there been any eavesdropping or weird things happening at the penthouse? Like you know, me forgetting to turn on the mic when I'm talking to the penthouse. Well, in 1975, the penthouse was bugged by the Vancouver uh, Vice Squad, the police department, and they bugged the phones, not only in the, the pay phones, but the office uh, that was there, and they took pictures of. Everybody that was coming in and out of the club. If these walls could talk. That's a classic That's a classic right phrase for it, really. Yeah, yeah and, and they took pictures of everybody as part of a police investigation they were doing at the time. And, those, and the Vancouver Police Museum just contacted me saying they found some of those photos. So I'm going to be going through some of those. It's, it's actually a shame we didn't. I found them, they found them just after the, the new version of the books come out. But, but I, there may be pictures we don't know exactly what there are yet. But I'm, I'm going down next week to see if uh, see we have a look at them. But as I was saying, like back to Seth Rogen. So I did the interview. I gave Seth the book. Yeah. And it was amazing for you to have on a marquee, Seth, you can drink for free if you oh. come to the penthouse. <laughs> like that to me is like you made it. Like oh. the interview goes from like YouTube or CITR Classic. to like the penthouse marquee. Classic. That Classic. was amazing. And Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen and I went to the same high school, I might add. Se- several years apart. Baboom. Uh, but, but, but that was, yeah. And you wrote the book. Along with Nathan Fielder, uh, his, his buddy, another comedian. Now, coming up, Danny, you worked at Kelly's, you said, in Oak Ridge. Yeah, Kelly's Stereo Mart in Oak Ridge. Uh, yeah, it was an outdoor record store when Oak Ridge was outdoor. Yeah, what do you remember about the old mall? Because oh, that geez. was pretty amazing. Like I Rick remember, Hansen. I remember they had, uh, I was there the day that Rick Hansen left. They used to have reindeers, live reindeers at the Oak Ridge Mall really? uh, when Santa had his workshop there. When I was a kid, I used to walk up and down, and, and one, one year they weren't there. it was all outside stores. Yeah. Was it I, not the old mall? Yeah. The, in fact, after school, you, you, would, you would get hundreds of kids coming from the local elementary school and the high school piling into your record store, and you were just, I was spinning albums and playing. It was so much fun. Wow. Did you have to wear a Rocktober T-shirt? How do you know that a Rocktober? <laughs> you are exactly right. I can see the Rocktober T-shirt on me right now. Could yeah. you explain about Rocktober and Kelly's? Well, Kelly's was when I was growing up. It only it had A and B and uh, as competition, and but Kelly's was a huge um, record store chain. Yeah, chain. It, was- it was big. Uh, I think at one point it was bigger than A and B. Oh, for sure. But Kelly's uh, did lots of the Rocktober was in October, and they had this big brick thing where 
you would come in and get your I think a, a typical album back when I was working there in the 80s they were 3.99 for sure 3.99 for an album when a store was packed you said with kids what were they buying well, do you they, remember half what people them were, were buying? stealing at the time <laughs> but uh, um yeah you had to keep your eyes wide open but they were buying everything from men at work to uh you know, to all, all these crazy, and 45s were still out at the time. Yeah. So it was a lot of stuff. Cassette tapes were there. No CDs. Walkmans were just coming out. Sony Walkmans, that was a big thing. If you if you got your parent to come in and buy you a Walkman, you, you were you were on the right track. That's incredible. Yeah. Is there a studio at the penthouse? I heard there was oh. a studio ah, at the this penthouse. Is, you do, how you do your homework. We, uh, uh, we have a secret studio that when we take people on our, our Secrets of the Penthouse tour, we don't bring them in the studio. Very few people know about that, but it was named after the Eagle Time, Eagle Time Athletic Club, and it's called the Eagle Time uh, uh, Studio, and they have produced probably four or five albums to date. You also were a racquetball instructor? Yes, uh, back in my day. Was that before or after Kelly's? It was during Kelly's. During Kelly's. During Kelly's. I taught racquetball. Uh, I actually toured uh, Canada. I was on the Canadian racquetball team, and my claim to fame, I ended up coming third in all of Canada in my in my division. Really? Yeah, I did. Well, I see. There more secrets. More secrets. Your, and your father played racquetball, too. Seniors racquetball. Did my know? dad played racquetball up until the day he passed. Yeah. He, he was a senior master's champion, and I had the honor of playing with him uh, a, a couple years before he passed away, and we won a tournament together. Wow. Yeah, great player he was. And we're speaking here to Aaron and Danny, and Aaron is author of the book Liquor, Lust, and the Law. That's it. And That's if it. you have any questions for Danny or Aaron, it is 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR, or you can also tweet me at Nardwar, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R. And actually, I do have a tweet now here um unrelated to liquor lust law but related to music hi nardwar the plodes have a show coming up on saturday and i was wondering if you could mention it on the air this week if you have time you just did yeah it's an all ages <laughs> show at the toast collective nice. 648 kingsway doors are at 8 p.m and the bands are big evil the Plodes, The Pleasure, Blimps, and a brand new band called Birdo. Entry is $5 or pay what you can. So check out The Plodes. Where's that, now, where's that all ages play? What's the name of the, all, the, the Toast? The Toast Collective wow. on yeah. Kingsway. I haven't been up there yet. i got to check go. it out. There we go. And actually, speaking of parties, you guys are having a party yes. next Thursday night. But you did have a party a couple of years ago, the Big Bad Leroy Bound. Yeah, you remember. Hey, hey yeah. Wow. Aaron and I, uh, on occasion, like to jump up on uh, stage, and Aaron being the uh, musician that he is, uh, he's uh, sort of helped me out in the last few years. And we at the at the book launch the, for in twenty yeah. in twenty twelve for uh, Jim Croce. Lot. We yeah. did we did the old Jim Croce song, Bad Bad Leroy Brown, which Danny led the band and song, and it brought the house down. Man, that was great. And yeah. people can actually relive that on YouTube. It yes, is on YouTube. It is. Yeah, that's it right. Preserved for all eternity. <laughs> yeah. And right now. There's going to be another party, but I was actually, I had the privilege of going to the last party, and I went and did some research, you know, at the <laughs> penthouse, and I went up to some random people at the penthouse party for the release in 2012, and I said, what do you think of the penthouse? Like, when I say the word penthouse, what do you think of? And one person said, Thursdays, amateur night. Wow. That's a, it still <laughs> happens at the penthouse. It's juniors. Amateur night, we do it uh, usually once a month on Thursdays, 
and it's still you know still one of our most popular nights. I think people get a kick out of it because as we say, you just don't know what you're going to see on stage, and we've seen it all. I can tell you that. And I ask Randy Rampage oh, yes. of DOA because oh. he was at the he last He was there, party. yeah. Chatting with Dal Richards at the same table. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Dal, Dal Richards and Randy Rampage are at the same table chatting away that night. Yeah. That is an amazing thing. That was such moment. a great night. There were so many different people from the book scene, the music scene. Red Robinson. The Red Robinson, the, the, the exotic dancing scene, the rock yeah, dance scene. Yeah, why is Red Everybody. Robinson thanked? In the book, what? what? <laughs> Why do you thank Red Robinson? Oh well, because Red was uh, Red's always, you know, it's, Red's a funny guy in town. People sort of know him for the Red's classic theater and things like this, but he's been around so long in town. He's like I was sort of what Dal Richards was, uh, you know. He, he, if you ask him about some other clubs and some other stories and some of the questions, frankly, probably a lot of people don't ask Red about. He's a wealth of information, has all these great stories, and remembers. Uh, it remembered, you know, stories about uh, Danny's uncle, and he'll, uh, he'll be and there on Thursday. Yeah, he he's could. He's a great uh, he character, good, really good memory for. But for he could have brought Buddy Holly to the penthouse. Exactly, he didn't. Yeah. He could have brought Elvis to the penthouse. Well, some of these guys, some of these, he could have brought Eddie Crochran <laughs> to the penthouse, but he didn't. But you did have an appearance by Johnny Ray at the penthouse. Good old Johnny yes. Ray. Yeah. yeah, there's well, there's a lot of stars that got taken to the penthouse after their shows, or quite frankly, after. You know, somebody like Red, who would have been the MC of a show, would have gone home or some after the people had gone home because the Penos is the only place in town you could get a drink after a certain hour. Sammy Davis. Yeah, Sammy Davis, classic stories. The Mills Brothers. The Mills Brothers. So I yeah. went up to Randy Rampage. Yes. I guess he must have been beside Dal Richards. I didn't even notice. They, they, that they, is pathetic, they, isn't yeah. it? Well, no, like, probably I walked you, up to Randy Rampage yeah. and he was sitting beside Dal Richards. Well, probably at that point, maybe he wasn't because people moved around that night. But at one point, I remember. Well, seeing, thank you for sticking up for me. I, I, I appreciate you know, that. Because <laughs> I remember that. I said it on stage. I, I, when I was up there, I said, this is the only place where you're going to see uh, Dal Richards and Randy Rampage uh, sitting together having a cocktail. So. so I went up to Randy Rampage of DOA, and I said, what do you think of the penthouse? When you think of the penthouse, what do you think of? And he said, what? I don't know. Well, just guess, what a Randy Rampage of DOA when he thinks of the penthouse? Nudity. What, what's uh, 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 nudity? Maybe no. no. Randy Rampage said he remembered the penthouse and he liked the steak and salad. Stay in, <laughs> in, in, in the steak loft. We used to have a restaurant upstairs called the the penthouse steak loft. So maybe that's what he was referring he, uh, to. Randy yes. Rampage went to the steak loft. Yeah, it was a good show. This is a great. Stop the presses! I got to put this in the book. <laughs> Vancouver's version of the Empire State Building and Eiffel Tower, said Jack Wasterman, but he also called the penthouse a hooker's haven. Yes. What is going on? What do you think of that? What did your family think of that, Danny? Well, the, back in the back in the day, I guess maybe that it was. Uh, I know growing up, when I was working there when I was just a, a teenager, there was a, a lot of uh, ladies of the evening, as we call them, that used to frequent the, the bar. And it was sort of part of the decor back then. It was. For years, going back to the 40s and 50s, it, it had been reported in the Vancouver newspapers and magazines and things like this, and certainly known to the police, that the, the penthouse used to be a haven for hookers, just like you say. But the thing is, back then... Just like prostit- Jack Wasserman Just says. like Jack Wasserman, yeah. Wasserman knew. And, and, but the, back then, prostitution didn't, weren't seen on the street so much. Uh, it, it happened in nightclub lounges and in hotel bars yep. and whatnot. So it was a much more inside type thing, and that was part of the police investigation because the, the police, Vancouver Police Department, targeted the owners of the penthouse because they were sort of looking the other way and letting these girls sort of work out of there. 
It was good for business back then, quite frankly. You know, like, and it was really up until probably quite recently when that the famous Seymour Street stroll, where those ladies worked, finally kind of disappeared because all the condos moved in. And yeah, I think that things changed about uh, probably. Oh, maybe 15 years ago. Uh, you just, I mean, now, um, you know, now inside, obviously, it's very different. But we, we now don't have the ladies of the We have, uh, when p- someone comes to the penthouse now, they're, they, they can watch the entertainment. But the, the, we have VIP girls now. And they're different from, from those girls back in the day. Yeah. What was back in the day like? What was Vancouver like? Mm. Because when I think of Vancouver in the past, I looked at some celebrities to provide answers. For instance, Vancouver presents no interest to the casual visitor, said the confessions of Alistair Crowley on chapter 57. (laughs) Quote, nobody in Vancouver buys art. Andy Warhol, diaries, page one. A handsome hellhole. Dylan Thomas yes. dissed Vancouver. Yes, he's quoted in, in Liquor Less Than Law saying that, too. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's why I mentioned that. Like, what was Vancouver like at the time? You were saying the Pendles was the only place to get a meal late. Is that how... Frank Sinatra heard of the penthouse. Well, I think, you know, Frank always seemed to sort of connect with the local Italian community a little bit where he went to. Like and Louis I, Armstrong as well. Yeah, and, and a lot of performers after a show was over. I mean, Vancouver was a different place back then. There were there were a lot less bars to choose from, and there was a lot less choice. But everything also closed earlier, and there weren't any liquor licenses like there are today. You'd have to go to a beer parlor to get a drink, and that was only like sort of lumberjack's beer. It wasn't any, really anything nice or anything particular. And these places weren't necessarily they had nothing in common with a cocktail lounge or anything like that they were pretty so so for so many years decades Vancouver had a very Puritan attitude towards nightlife and, and some people would say that that still lingers today I think it's changed a hell of a lot but uh, and it's actually thanks to people like the Filipponi family who were pushing on some of the liquor laws at the time because in the 1960s Danny's uncle formed something called the BC Cabaret Owners Association and they started pushing on some of the liquor laws at the time to open up Things to the, you know, we're already in the Mad Men, quote-unquote, era at this time, and some of the cocktail lounges. This sort of stuff started happening, and it's a result of people like the Filipponis uh, who worked in the entertainment industry to kind of open things up like that. But but before then, you know, when, when a customer was in the bar and liquor wasn't really allowed in, what we did was we sold customers uh, sets, and that was really ice cubes and, and, and Pepsi and 7-Up. And that's how we made a living uh, at, at obviously it inflated prices, <laughs> but people would come in and they would buy ice cubes and, and soft drinks because people were smuggling in known to us their own their own bottles. So we we came up with the table. That's right, and and, and there's a hidden compartments in the tables at the old penthouse uh, that where you could stash your. We booze still have when the, two when the, of them there. When the police would would come in and raid the place. So. Did the commodore have that too? The pen, the, the commodore had it, had it, had that too because they worked as a bottle club as well. But people just hid the 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 booze underneath the tablecloths. They didn't have compartments under things. Or somebody told me in when I was working on the Commodore book, there was some there, one of the tablecloths had a little pocket on the inside, so you could put something in there. But not all of them had that. We we, we will have one uh, on display on the thirtieth yeah, as well. Yeah. Who designed the penthouse? Like what made it look like the way it looks? The <laughs> who designed it? <laughs> Well, somebody with a lot of stucco, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, it should, in in uh, when Joe Filipponi, uh, the Danny's uncle and sort of the head of the family back in the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, he hired an architect, local architect by the name of Ned Pratt, 
And Ned Pratt's were very well became, went on to become a very well known Vancouver architect. That's one of the new facts actually that we put in the book because I discovered a, a, a new interview with Joe where he mentioned just that. And this would have been early in Pratt's career. Pratt went on to some uh, much bigger projects, and it was kind of like uh, almost like he was fresh out of architect school when he was first doing it. So the the on Seymour Street there used to be a radiator shop where the penthouse is now. On the, 1033. On, the, on 1033, on, yeah, the, on yeah. the left side of the building. You look yeah. at the penthouse, there's sort of two halves of the building. There's a taller half, and then there's the smaller half. That smaller half used to just be a radiator shop. So they bought that radiator shop and the land next door, which was empty, in 1941, and put the bricks... When I interviewed Danny's father, he remembered the, the bricks going up, and the family, had, when they had bought that land for $1,400, uh, you can imagine how much it's worth today. Uh, and and it goes it, and that became the penthouse building, and it got added to as the years went by. They added a room, added a back room. So as you go through the penthouse, you sort of know how you you walk up and then you walk down, and then to get out, there's another way to get through. You know, it's so amazing. It's amazing. So it, it, many times people say uh, when they come on the tours, they say, "I remember going up to some room and this and that." After, after you have a couple of drinks, you, it's easy to get lost in the place. Uh, what exactly is the layout of the penthouse? You mentioned, Danny, the private VIP rooms. Are there underground tunnels? Well, there, the, yeah, there's not an underground tunnel, but you can access, if you were to go backstage through a door, that would take you up to the second level. And literally from there, you can go back underneath and get to the house next door. I mean, this is not part of the tour or actually part of the everyday night. But uh, if you know where you're going, uh, like Aaron, you can get lost in there in a hurry for sure. No, the penthouse was really unique the way it looked, but it wasn't like other clubs. Like it wasn't like Richards on Richards where they had a Roto-Rooter man <laughs> coming once a month to clean the toilets of cocaine. Yes, clean the cloak straws out because back in the 80s, uh, I heard that when I, that, that, that had happened because uh, some Somebody who used to work at Richards and Richards say, yeah, they had to call on the rotary man to get all the Coke straws out of the toilets <laughs> in the 1980s. But that's the way, you know, Richards and Richards, more, you know, modern uh, contemporary Vancouverites might remember as a place where you saw bands. But those of us who are a little older might recall when Dicks Richards on Dicks. Dicks on Dicks yeah. in the 80s. And the it was meat kind of, market. And it was a yuppie-like bar. On Sunday, a few days ago, Richards and Richards just held their... Um, it was uh, not an anniversary party. It was uh, a, a big get-together of all... A reunion. They had a reunion at the penthouse last Sunday. It That's was incredible. Packed. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. What about the penthouse? And again, we're speaking to Aaron and Danny, who are a big part. Or actually, <laughs> the reason we are here. Yes. Liquor lust and the law next Thursday night, right, Danny? November third. Yes. Seventieth anniversary of the penthouse. Incredible. If yeah. anybody has any questions, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR, or tweet me at Nardwar. N a r d w u a r. Now the penthouse. What people out of Vancouver know about the penthouse? Yes, for sure, the penthouse in movies. You were part of Star 80, which is kind of yeah, confusing, that, that, isn't it? That was the Dorothy Stratton. The Dorothy Stratton movie with uh, Eric Roberts. Uh, I remember when it was being filmed. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, movies uh, in the book, and I can tell you... Like if somebody watches Star oh, 80, what will they see? Well, they're going to see uh, Eric Roberts at the bar. They're going to see shots of, of, of the inside of the club. The last movie that was just filmed there was, was last year, Big Eyes, with Tim Burton and, and, uh, and uh, Christoph Waltz and Amy, and, and, Adams, and Amy yeah. Adams. They, they changed the interior of the bar. It looked like some New Orleans sort of San Francisco jazzy bar. But if you look closely, actually you don't have to look that close. You can clearly see it's the, you know, the penthouse. I was just thinking, Narnwart, next time your pal Snoop Dogg comes to town. Oh, jeez. 
you should give him a copy just like you did to Seth Rogen of Liquor Lesson Law because Snoop Dogg oh. filmed a video yeah. at the penthouse. What's yeah, a, my name? Part two. Yeah, People can check out right now right the now. penthouse on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, and the penthouse is blue in the video, the if I remember Snoop right. Snoop Dogg video. Yeah, it's powder blue in the video, is it not? Well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's been so many different colors, you lose track, but yeah. yes. Yeah. And the fabulous stains as well. Ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous right. stains yeah. was, has a scene in the penthouse yes. cabaret. That's right. So people can check that out as well. It, it, exactly. There's been so many movies that have been shot there, and I don't know why. Why is it, Danny, that people, the directors love it? it's just the location. It's very evocative. Yeah, I, I often ask directors when they come in there, and I'm looking at them, say like, you know, they they block the streets down, they take over the club. They're they've got hundreds of people, and then I always look at the director, and say, why? Like, why here? They just love the feeling. And like Narwa would say, there's so many rooms and areas and and crooks and crannies and and think it just really comes across as well intelligence. The Chris Haddock show was filmed oh, there. Oh, amazing! I mean, it's almost a character in the film. It you is. were saying yes. about tours at a penthouse. When does that happen? Like, when can I see the 105 year old lady <laughs> getting the tour of the penthouse? Well, we, um, the two, uh, first of all, it's by a company called Forbidden Vancouver, and we are one of their main tours. Our tour is called Secrets of the Penthouse online. Uh, uh, Forbidden Vancouver, you hook up to a special events. We don't do them all the time, but it seems in the last couple of years, they're happening more and more. We have a uh, Aaron and myself and a police officer named Grant McDonald, who actually used to arrest my dad uh, back in the day. He He's now part of the tour. You get a, a great uh, a burlesque show, a live music, and also, of course, the famous Italian meatballs. And we tour you through the entire penthouse. We take you to areas where the public is not allowed to go. And I think we've sold out probably our tours, what, four and a half, five years in a row? 50 of these tours over the last five years, I guess. The next one's December 20th. Absolutely. Uh, Forbidden Vancouver. The Secrets of the Penthouse Tour. Yeah, it's a, it's a great night out. What is the second oldest strip club in Vancouver, Danny Filipponi and Aaron Chapman? Like, for instance, we want to talk about sure. the Penthouse. Let's give some props to the second oh, oldest. And, 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 and well-deserved, the number five orange. Uh, my good friend Tony, who runs Number Five Orange, he's still he's still around. Um, now they're famous for a slippery one wet. Absolutely. And Why did Bon Jovi go to the Number Five Orange and not the Penthouse? Well, the, the Number Five Orange, in my opinion, is truly the the most iconic. Uh, it, it's a strip bar in its greatest form. When you walk in there, you've got the uh, the neon lights and 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 the the black lights. I mean, it just feels like a strip bar still back in, in the 80s. And there's it's smaller, you know. They don't do what we do at the Penthouse, for sure. We do, do all these crazy shows. But I, I, I haven't been in the five what years. What year was it made? The, the, the number five? I would guess the number five has been around probably since the early 80s. I think so. That that building is goes that goes back even further. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, probably, probably the early 80s, I would think. Marble Arch, uh, that's gone. The Cecil's gone. The Drake, the Mar, the MBI. Mugs and Jugs. Mugs and Jugs. We, we counted one night at the bar. We were up to about 62, 63 strip bars, you know, within the lower mainland. And it's gone full circle from the penthouse being the first bar open. Now there's only two or three left. It's come full circle, and we'll st we're still there. I was curious. I went to the Cobalt oh, in the very early days. Strippers? when they were Well, actually, when they were doing rock and roll. Yeah. When right. they were doing, I saw Thor at the Cobalt. Wow. They had strippers there. At, uh, yeah. but at Continuous that time, exotic entertainment. Yeah, continue. That sign, that I, sign is still out for girls, the Cobalt. Girls, girls, girls. There were no actually strippers at that time, yeah. but I was actually filming Thor, um, and I was leaning back on a, a pole or whatever, and they turned on 
some wetness. I, like somebody must have had a joke. To, oh, there's Nardwar. Let's get him. <laughs> right. Let's turn on the shower or whatever. Because it was like a pole in the middle of the dance floor when I was seeing um, Thor. Now, my question is two-pronged to you. Um, one, did Vancouver invent the shower? Did Vancouver invent the shower? It sure seems like it. Uh, I, I don't know if they – I know we didn't do the shower at the Panos. We were sort of ones that didn't do it. But surely everyone was doing showers, and it uh, was such a big, it was such a popular thing. Shower in, in power, the, lunchtime in in the in the eighties, and and even up through the early nineties, I remember seeing it those places. Or I, so I read anyway. <laughs> and also, I was curious at the Cobalt many years ago. There was a rumor you can touch at the Cobalt. Mm. Is that true? Have I, you that, heard that, that rumor? I, I didn't hear that one. I, I hadn't heard that myself. But there's there's stories like that in um, in and around some of the old bars. Certainly, there was. A, uh, there was a place called the Cafe Copenhagen oh. that was around, and that began in, in uh, around 75 in Vancouver. And that was run by a gentleman by the name of Rick Ciarnello, uh, who uh, many people maybe went on to see uh, in the Hells Angels, media spokesman for the Hells Angels. Um, so, Vancouver, yeah, you're, I, I, as, not to answer your question, but it's sort of a, a surrounding thing, I guess. Yeah, the, the the history of Vancouver exotic dance bars goes back, you know, decades. It's it's uh, it's a part of the city's history. I was also curious: Have there been any male dancers at the strip clubs, such as the Penthouse? Oh, absolutely. We, uh, I know when Uncle Joe uh, he did uh, male uh, one male review. It was called Boylesque. I remember that. But we have brought in. We haven't done it for many years. But uh, there, I'm talking about in the '80s. There was occasions when we would. Bring in a male stripper, right? Yeah, yeah and you guys sure. do. And you guys do pride events uh, down there now. Where yeah, we're part of the gay and pride uh, events. Yeah, we we're, we're special shows like that. Yeah, big shows, nights, and, yeah. and and not only do we do that, we're into comedy shows and uh, jazz shows and CD release parties. I mean, it's a whole, a whole, a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And also, Louis Armstrong, you guys took him on tour to Trail BC. That's Louis right, Armstrong. That's right. I, when I interviewed uh, Danny's father, Ross Filipponi, he talked about. Uh, I got really interested. So Louis he, came to the yeah, Louis, yeah. They had Loved made it. some they had made some connections with uh, some of the New York and Hollywood booking agents, and um, were when Louis came to the penthouse, he didn't come to play. By that point, Louis could have filled ten penthouses over. So he would play places like the Orpheum uh, or another place called the the Palomar. It used to be over on uh, Alberni, um, and and bigger rooms. But afterwards, would come over to the penthouse. Um, and part of bringing it up up here, if you had a, if you had the time before he had to, uh, you know, his, a very busy tour schedule Lewis had up until the last days of his life. Uh, when they brought him up to Vancouver, they would add some dates around BC, Victoria, uh, find a place, and up to Trail. And he talked about sending. He had kind of an advance man go with him to kind of make sure everything was straightened out. It was uh, it was interesting to hear because you start to hear the beginnings of of some of the music touring uh, that probably that later happens today. You know, in, in with great regularity. And the roots yeah. were the penthouse. And it, it certainly connects to the penthouse. You know, Hugh Pickett was a was a huge promoter and 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 one of the biggest uh, early uh, concert promoters and, and and event promoters that was around. But the the Filipponi family was not far behind them in that in that regard. Gary Cooper. Gary Cooper came to the penthouse, loved the penthouse, came on multiple occasions, loved it. He was there. Uh, there's a great photo of, oh, yeah. of of Gary Cooper in the book. Uh, and I think one time he came up to pr- promote a movie, and I believe another time he came up uh, because he was just on holiday to do a little hunting and fishing up in B.C. and just stopped by the penthouse for a few days. 
And uh, there's yeah, there's great stuff. Uh, great, really, really amazing pictures in, in the book that that show some of those. You look uh, at the boxing photos. Well, there. actually, um, Danny, and we're speaking here to Danny Filippone and Aaron Chapman, author of Liquor Lust and the Law, who are having a release party. <laughs> yes. Next Thursday night. And the 70th anniversary the 70th. party of the Penance. That's a real thing. This is sort of tied to it, of course. Well, but, yeah. I'm not looking for that particular Robinson photo or yeah. Gary Cooper photo, but I have asked Aaron before. This is a picture on page. 26. Yes. What is going on with that oh, kid? Oh, there's a there's a little ripple in the in the in the picture. It's a strange. It goes through that and line. It's bugged His, me for like I know four it has, and I saw that. I saw that too. And it looks like that kid. It looks kind of like these are special kids. <laughs> well, they could be. They, you know, they could be the the the. the oh, well, Eagle, could you explain Eagleton, what is happening with well, that photo? Well, in that in that picture, it's a. I believe this is from a Christmas party. Yeah. There are Joe is uh, center of the photo, and he's got a a, a, a kids fireman's hat on. He loved Christmas. He loved Christmas, and, and it was a big. Time a donator to young uh, or youth clubs, and and they part of the Eagle Time Athletic Club uh, used to sponsor uh, a number, sponsored up to about five hundred kids in the West End boxing, lacrosse, soccer, uh, baseball, uh, yeah, a whole bunch of sports. So many sports that they they got into. There were a lot of uh, uh, well known Vancouverites that went through though that Eagle Time um, uh, sports program. And there's a there's some, so there's some pictures of these kids gathered around. Now you're you're pointing at one kid whose face is. He, he, super distorted well, to the point that now you think when you did a reissue looks like of he's the been, book, couldn't you have fixed this? Well, picture? this uh, this that photo is is a, from the Vancouver Public Library archives. But you could have Photoshop. It's so it, it was so difficult. We looked at it because there's a line that goes through those those that picture, and it's just a it's just a warped. Uh, it's picture. the page. The page. It's is the page. Right. It's a, yeah. the, the the negative was damaged, and and so there's one child there that looks a little uh, uh, looks a little affected, or looks yeah. like he might have been in a train accident or something like that. But God bless him, he's having fun. And Ella Fitzgerald was also at the penthouse too. Yes, she was. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Did uh, she perform? No, but in, in many cases, well, if they did perform, it was informal. You know, because a lot of times these these performers had done their show, and then they came to the penthouse afterwards again to get a get a drink, get something to eat. Uh, maybe get some hospitality, uh, and uh, uh, and they so they were often sometimes would get up and do something on the piano or do something do it informally do a song. The piano's yeah. still there. The pian and the piano is still there. The, the, the baby grand piano, the Oscar, original baby grand. That piano. Oscar Peterson OP played on. Chris Gage, one of the greatest uh, pianists ever in Vancouver, uh, played on. Uh, am- amazing stories that about that that piano in itself. And we are speaking here to Danny Filipponi and Aaron Shaman from Liquor Lust and the Law celebrating the Penthouse 70 years. Unbelievable. 70, 70 years of the Penthouse. <laughs> That's a long time. And you, Danny, Star Trek. There is a connection to Star Trek. Oh, I love Star Trek. Well, uh, just recently, Chris Pine uh, of the new Star Trek, he filmed the movie called This Means War at the Penthouse. But a long time ago when I was just working there as a waiter, I remember a dancer getting up on stage and she was wearing a Star Trek type outfit. And then she started signing her 8x10 photos as the Star Trek lady. And I, of course, asked my uncle what was going on. She was in Star Trek with William Shatner, and this was her gig. She came out with the crazy sounds and the the gold sort of wings and stuff. Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy, and that time. will be in volume three. Like it of will the be, book. yes, yeah, yeah. This is a repress. I wonder of the if she book. was that dancing green, that green alien woman, that sexy green alien. That was a good that, one. That, that was oh man, that that uh, that hit me at an early age and, as a teenager. <laughs> now, in this particular photo from Liquor Lust and the Law, we have Sammy Davis Jr., don't we? Oh, that's uh, one of the Mills brothers. Oh, 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 so on this photo, yes, yes, yeah, on on page uh, what is it there, uh, forty eight. Uh, oh, pardon me, 49. There's a picture of Sammy Davis Jr. and his uncle when they were in the Will Maston trio, and that was the group that Sammy was in before as he 
at the penthouse. Myself. And it was at the penthouse. That was. Uh, and this is kind of like a daring photo for the time. Isn't it, it is. Yeah. It's it's a it's a great picture because there's very few pictures in that period of Vancouver history where you see uh, not only there's you see some Italian Canadians, you see some African Americans, you see uh, some. Uh, 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 some Asian Canadians, or a- maybe they're Asian Americans that are up, but they're all together. They're drinking and having a good time, and, and there's very few pictures of that necessarily happening. Where d- different uh, racial groups, and this picture would have been in the forty, probably uh, ni- very early 1950s. Uh, Did you know happened. Sammy Davis? He stayed and slept in the penthouse for two, three weeks when he was in town. Yeah, he would come up with uh, with the Will Master trio, and they were making only so much money. Yeah, uh, he was making better money later on, but but they would stay and stay with the family, and and Danny's grandmother would cook everybody spaghetti. They and, gave and him his own room. They gave him uh, his own kitchen, his own shower, and his own beverage. Uh, button. <laughs> it's amazing, and 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 this was a true. This was no means by uh, we're overstating the case because, you know, there's there's articles when uh, when Danny's uh, uncle Joe Joe Filipponi was murdered in 19, September 1983. Uh, uh, Sammy Davis makes a point in, in a number. He's asked for comment, and he and he talks about Joe, and he talks about his early days in Vancouver being really special to him. Are there any video recordings? Because I know Jack Cullen did a lot of bootlegs. Mm. At the penthouse, like vintage, like, you know, for instance, like Jack Ruby also had like Live at the Carousel <laughs> Club. There was like a garage band playing. Are there any records recorded live or even comedy records recorded live at the penthouse? There are some recordings and stuff like that that people have done. There's certainly some stuff you can find on YouTube. From the old stuff, it's hard because it was always considered sort of illegal to, f- to film in a bar. Yeah. Uh, so so there, was less, uh, there was less things. Now, what is out there, which is waiting to be seen by great public consumption, is some of the stuff that's in the television archives at the CBC archives. Oh, there's lots and because, lots of them. Uh, there's, a, there's a terrific uh, interview that I saw. Uh, I went down to the CBC archives when I was doing the research. Shout and out I, to Colin Preston. Shout out to Colin Preston. I was yeah. just coming to that. My uh, great Colin Preston who, who uh, dug through the archives for me and found some films that were taken inside the penthouse. There's a great interview with Joe that Jack Wasserman did on a show called Hourglass. And I just recorded the audio for it, of course, to, uh, to, as a transcript. Yeah, the, fi- the Fifth Estate also. Also did a really Fifth good Estate thing. Fifth Estate did a, th- did a thing. There was, uh, uh, I'm sure, in the old BCTV archives, oh. there's there's stuff, there's footage of But there of are the- no records, like mm. old records, like uh, like I said, like Jack Ruby at the Carousel oh, Club. Sure. You know, well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no because about uh, it was only about 15 years ago when I when I discovered in our office next door the the, the photographs that are in the book. Oh yeah, they were hidden. They were hidden for 35 years. We had had lost these photos in time. I often asked my father. Where are these photos? I knew that they existed, and it wasn't until I was doing some routine cleaning in the house next door, and I pushed away this old photocopier machine, and behind the photocopier machine, uh, there was this wall, and it had four screws on the wall, and I remember distinctly calling my father up, and I said, Dad, Dad, what's up? I said, I'm, I, I'm, I just found a, a wall with four screws in it, and, and I'm about to open it, and I remember him clearly saying, well, whatever's behind that wall, we're going to split 50-50. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> and when I opened up the, uh, the, the wall, there it was. I call it the treasure chest. It was a treasure chest of photographs, and we opened up this thing, and there they were. There was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of photographs that were lost in time that basically are now shown in the penthouse. Not any LPs? Were there any LPs? There wasn't, but if, if, if history proves itself correct, 
There might be another compartment somewhere in that building. We're, 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 we're fi- they're finding new things all the time. All the time. Well, even one of the, the maintenance guys at the in the house next door had to get to some plumbing yeah. and had to knock a little piece of the wall. The safe. Where a shower. <laughs> yeah, the, shower. There was a safe. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the shower there. And he found in the wall, buried in the wall, cases and cases of 1950 cigarettes yeah. that had obviously fell off the back of a truck. Yeah. And somebody said, listen, let's sit on these for a bit. Uh, so I mean, the, 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 there's not the secrets of the penis is not a joke. It's there actually are. What and there's you with things going to be unearthed all the time. It's what, in the damn walls. What did you do with the cigarettes? Well, well I, I, I think they're still around. I still have. Uh, there's a cart. They're kind of laying around. As did souvenirs. you smoke them like Jack? Well, I, I, I didn't. I, I don't smoke myself, but uh, well, we have them in a showcase. And people yeah, they've got them in a, in a glass case there now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I thought, Aaron, I would give you first a gift. Oh my of gosh. a record that wasn't recorded at the penthouse. What is this record? It's from 1979. Oh this my was gosh. not recorded Ooh. at the penthouse. Holy cow. It is Billy DeVro. She gives trade, trade stamps. stamps. Body bits of burlesque and rash humor for adults only. From 1979 oh on Laugh gosh. Records. On Laugh Records. I never said anything like it. Now, was this record <laughs> indicative of the type of performers that would come mm. to uh, the penthouse? I, I, I I think most certainly, for anybody familiar with the great work of Billy DeVoe, DeVoe, pardon me. <laughs> but were there a lot of comedians? There were. Yes, they, they did. They, they, there, was, there was house bands and, and local bands that played. But from the photographs, you can tell there were uh, there were there were there was a comedian. There was a, there was the uh, uh, Tony the MC oh, who, yeah. who was a, a comedian himself, and he would sing some songs. And so it was that kind of. You're right. Some of that sort of nightclub lounge. Uh, comedy record entertainment that would have been so popular in the 1960s that was that was sort of the staple of the place that, that you'd go see because the, the, you know for everything we associate with the penthouse now with the exotic dancers and stuff like that that didn't really come in until the late 1960s true because prior to that it was a show lounge uh, so you had all sorts of different um, you had all sorts of different entertainment prior it was really only television when television came in that they had to get people out of the houses and give them something they couldn't get home. And I tell you, Billy DeVroe here by the cover of this album, I wish you could see it, folks. This is, uh, this is the kind of thing, yes, you would have seen at the penthouse. And yeah. I have also a gift for you, Danny, oh, from oh. the penthouse. Could you please tell the people what we are getting right here? And I'm, I'm how afraid to relates, open this. How does it relate to the penthouse? Wow, this is a... Uh, oh, wow. This is big. This is a, a, Vincent, a Vincent Price... He he started a food fight in the penthouse. Famously, Vincent Vincent this Price is fantastic. had a food fight with with Danny's uncle, uh, um, uh, Mickey, at the at the penthouse, and everybody talked about how they were joking around, throwing uh, uh, bun rolls at with, one another with, with Jim Backus from Gilligan's and Island. G- and Jim Backus was was there, was there, there was a oh that's hilarious. This is fantastic. <laughs> that's great. It is wow. a Vincent Price bobblehead for the penthouse for the display at the penthouse. <laughs> You're going to see it on Thursday, it's November 30th at 7 o'clock. That's terrific. It will be on display. I can guarantee you that. That's a great How Halloween How did Vincent Price hear about the penthouse? Well, you know, when I was when some of the interview stuff with, with Hugh Pickett that him talking about, I had, I had talked to Hugh while he was still alive, but I found some other material after he had gone. When uh, some of the stars were coming up to promote their films, they would make an appearance, let's say, at the Orpheum, because the Orpheum used to be a movie theater. People forget that. And a huge movie theater at that. I mean, it holds almost 2,500 seats, so it, they're, they're, it would fill the – you could have a big house to big, show. Yeah. So, so oftentimes the stars would make a special appearance on an opening night or they would doing, be doing a tour um, of, of, uh, when the, as promotion for the film. And afterwards, once they were done, it was like, well, what do we do now? Let's go to the penthouse. And so that it, – it often became something that – and, of course – Joe Filipponi, who was uh, loved celebrities, he, 
to the, he was really a celebrity himself in a way, but but necessarily wasn't an actor or a singer like this. But he, it was quite obvious that he loves it. So when those guys came to town, he treated people like gold, uh, whether they were jazz entertainers or actors or singers or comedians or musicians. And always, uh, you know, it, it's it's very common we have a phone now with us that we can easily take pictures. But back then, somebody had a camera, or he always was ready to make sure he got a picture of himself with these people because he really was a fan of what they did. And it's obvious that he was a, it was a great fan of show business and entertainment. So he, anytime probably somebody came to town and left and went back down to Hollywood and somebody oh. was going up, they said, hey, listen, if you're up there, you got to find this place called the Penthouse. Tell him I sent you. Talk to Joe. He'll treat you like a king. You could see how this happened because time and time again when I was interviewing some of the jazz performers that had played in Vancouver and had been treated well, that was the story they told, how well they'd been treated by Joe and how much the welcome wagon had yeah, been brought. E- even when Quincy Jones was in town and he was up on stage at BC Place uh, uh, maybe about uh, eight, ten years ago, but the first word that came out of Quincy Jones' mouth when he took the mic was Joe Filipponi. And uh, I had, my phone was going off, off the hook, and here he is talking about how he – was welcomed uh, in, into Vancouver in the penthouse by, by my Uncle Joe. When did celebrities kind of stop coming to the penthouse? Mm. Well, they never they never stopped. That's the, that's the thing. You just don't hear about it. Or uh, yeah. you're uh, a, you have a name needs. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, no, I mean, Danny will tell you. Uh, we 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 have or, this uh, uh, we have this little with this little saying, and and uh, I'm sounding like an Italian. Um, my dad taught me. He really did. Uh, one of the things he taught me and taught me to do, and I, I've learned from, is when celebrities do come into the penthouse. And I teach this to my staff as well. We've done this for years. We just leave them alone. The phones do not come out. The tweets do not happen. Uh, when that Seth Rogen thing happened, that that really was rare because uh, even a couple of weeks ago, we had one of the biggest celebrities in town come in, and we just keep it hot. When Sting was in town, um, here Sting brought his band in. But he, why doesn't Sting's the first word out of his mouth become uh, the penthouse well, on it, stage? It, it, you it, know, it, it possibly wh- could could have been. Uh, uh, he had yeah. a pretty good time there. Uh, but but we we just sort of let people um, sort of do their own thing when they're in the bar, and at the end of the day. I, but it's cool that the oldsters remember, like Quincy Jones they do, will totally. say to like BC Place, the penthouse. True. Whereas nowadays, I guess people are yeah, they not like, as they won't say that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, you know, some people I've I've often run into celebrities at the penthouse and talked with them, and I know that they've been there on, on multiple occasions and they come in. But I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think maybe back then. Um, you know, I think people looked at the penthouse differently, you know, in the sense of it not being maybe just a strip bar, as, as they call it now. But uh, I do think with the book, and I do mean this with the book, the book has changed the way not only how uh, um, I perceive and I, uh, my life has changed with my family and my boys and, and my family, my brothers and my sisters, but it's changed uh, people's views on how they look at, at the penthouse as a building and what it sort of meant to Vancouver. Uh, recently, uh, my my dad's brothers were just inducted into the BC Entertainment Hall of Fame. I mean, that's good stuff, right? And uh, so to hear all that, it it all sort of come to me. It's all it's all worth every step of the and way. And it was good popcorn at the penthouse, right? Oh, jeez, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got the, yeah, the buttering men up at the penthouse. That was the, <laughs> that was the that was the, that was the uh, article. Uh, but when I, I just made just made me think of when Sting came in. That night, I was down there that night. Sting was in town doing a show with Paul Simon. Paul Simon yeah. at the, I think, at the Rogers Arena, and I was. This is when I was working on the Commodore book, actually, and I wanted to get an interview with Sting, uh, asking him about when police, the police played at the Commodore in May 1979, 
uh, because I'd heard them make some interviews about it. I was trying to get a hold of Stuart Copeland, no luck, Andy Summers, nothing. The specials opened up for them. And the specials opened up that show famously. That's right. Um, and blew and, the police and, away, yeah, probably. Yeah, and, uh, and the amazing thing was that um, – uh, I was trying to, my Live Nation pals to see if I get an interview as publicist, manager, nothing. And I was downtown, and the show was over, and I was thought my phone didn't get a call, and I, it started to rain, and I started to trundle home, thinking, ah, what a waste of a night, hoping that something would happen. All of a sudden, my phone text message goes off. I look at it, and it's Danny. And he said, hey, come on down to the penthouse. Sting's here. You can, you can ask your questions. And I thought, my God, I still go to the, go to the Italians in this town to get something done. But Sting was having a great time there, and he was drinking, and... and uh, uh, having a blast, and, and at one point he comes. I remember he came over to Danny. You were standing by the bar, and I was standing with you. And he comes over yeah. and, he, and he says, "He says, Danny, Danny, look, this is this is wonderful. Look, there was a, there was a girl on stage. Sure, at, at this point, and he says, look, everybody's looking at the girl on stage, and nobody's looking at me. You know. Yeah. So sometimes I think sounds like people, sounds like his career. So sometimes I think sometimes these these people just go because it's a place you know that it's not the first place people would think that they might go just it's a, and it's a different night out and, and anytime you you go in there you realize you're stepping into a place that that is a a, a place that began in another time you know there's a lot the, the the place has gone through renovations obviously yeah. but but there's there's a sense that you're you're stepping into something that is historical as well and people can win right now if they want right 604 right 822 right. what is happening next thursday night the 7 anniversary, right? Vincent Price. Vincent Price is going to, the ghost of Vincent Price will be there. (laughs) Pandora and the Locksmiths uh, are going to be there. Eight-piece band with a burlesque show. Incredible. Uh, I'm going to, Danny and I are going to do a little talk on the book uh, and a little Q&A, I think, even as well. And There's, for people that don't phone in right now, yes. they can get tickets. Yep. But it's a $20 ticket and a free book, 604-822-2487, 604-822-2487. You have to come to CITR to pick it up, but you up. will get some tickets to the gig and a free book. Sign book, we'll sign it for you too. VIP. Great, makes a great Christmas gift. And right now, we're while we are waiting for a phone call, yes. while we are waiting, hello, phone callers, <laughs> please phone call, we're going to play a clip of the Ladybirds. Oh, wow. From the wild world of Jane Mansfield. Yes. Could you explain a bit about the Ladybirds and the Penthouse and Jane Mansfield the, and the Penthouse? The Ladybirds were a topless female garage rock band, the first topless female band ever. And uh, they performed at the penthouse. They're in the book. They're in the book. There's a picture of them in the book. They, some of them were from Sweden originally, if I remember correctly. And at one point, there was a couple different bands called the Ladybirds touring at any one given time because they realized they could kind of franchise it a little bit like they did with Strawberry Alarm Clock, I think, later on. But that's what happened. That, that, and, and you sent me an email today. You found this live performance footage. Uh, of them playing, which and also looks there is some Jean Mansfield right. footage. She is narrating, and that's where we are going to play that's right where, now. That's what we got. Did she ever make it to the penthouse? I, th- I believe she did. Uh, there's not a photo of with her. She was at the cave quite a bit, but I'm sure so I ended up at the penthouse the for a drink. So is the scene of the penthouse in the sixties? Exactly. Kind of. Exactly. So here we go. The Lady Birds. Oh, the Lady. Uh, I will. Um, I couldn't this, get away from. There is Jean's voice. 604-822-2487. 604-822-CITR for free tickets to the gig and a book. And here are the ladybirds from the wild world of Jane Mansfield, which was not filmed at Penthouse, but kind of. But they were both there separately, yeah. 
I couldn't get away from the topless frenzy in Hollywood. That night, we went to a nightclub, the Blue Bunny. The sign said it was a topless club. What could be inside, I wondered? Topless customers? came on. The ladybirds. Oh, they were good. I was surprised. They were all lovely girls. As for the girl in the cage, a little silicone will go a long, long way. Some of the guys in the club were kind of wild-eyed. <sighs> if I could read their minds, I would have blushed all over. One thing was obvious. A girl with a beautiful bust line can make her fortune. Well, look at me. I'm proof of that. As long as they didn't get stuck in a good...
and you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. And congratulations to the listeners out there in Radio Land. You win tickets to the gig. And what gig did they win tickets to? That's the 70th anniversary of the famous Penthouse nightclub down on Seymour Street, uh, November, uh, November 30th. Uh, that's this coming Thursday, and it's going to be a great night. There's The public can still get in, too. Uh, there's going to be tickets. Phone down to the penthouse for more info. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a night down there. It's amazing. It's going to be an amazing party. And, Danny, they also win the book. They what do. What is the book? Why are we here today? Well, we're celebrating not only the 70 years uh, anniversary, but the new revised edition of Aaron Chapman's Liquor, Lust, and Law. This is the third Print that Arsenal Pulp Press has done on this book. Great folks at Arsenal, and we call it uh, the, the the little book, the little engine that the little, uh, little book that could. It's an incredible. Uh, there's very few uh, local history books yeah. that have gone to a third printing before. I feel very fortunate. This is a Canadian bestseller now. This is a part of the city's history. It is for some. For what some, has gone to a third printing? City of Glass. I, well, I that suspect Vancouver local Confidential, uh, not Vancouver Confidential, but City uh, uh, Vancouver Noir, maybe. Certainly Chuck Davis's books. I, I although they were maybe expensive. Or and you think I talked to Chuck Davis? Yes. You think that was him? Uh, you know, oh, get yeah. that VCR off your head. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I'm. So, I'm almost certain it is. Yeah, from that clip. Um, but yeah, it's it's an amazing. Uh, even if you've never been to the penthouse, or or you know what you think, maybe you know you're thinking of a strip bar. Oh, that's not my thing. The the story of that of the, of the building and the and the family goes so far much further than that simple concept. Uh, that uh, it's an incredible, uh, dramatic story of of, a, of an immigrant family here that started a business and against all odds has continued and in this crazy city which changed so much in the last twenty years that business is still alive and well. And we just heard "Sweet Little Pussycat" by Andre Williams, and before that, some of the ladybirds from the wild, wild world of Jane Mansfield. <laughs> now, Aaron Chapman, you are an author. Yes, sir. Henry Gourlay of Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, called police in Bellingham, Washington on November 23rd to say he'd had drinks at the Hilden Hotel That's right. Inn. Yes. Can you explain? This came up in the recent files that were declassified by Donald J. Trump, President of the United States, the files about the from the Kennedy assassination. And this is the Vancouver Connection. Uh, I think John Mackey found this in the paper, uh, uh, or in, in, amongst these papers. Well, first. actually, believe it or not, I forwarded the info to John Mackey. Oh, did you really? That's and interesting. And then he did forward the That's, info you, to the reporter. You had the scoop on this. Is what you're I don't want to see that. You no, know, yeah, I'm saying I, it. I, I'm saying <laughs> it. You had the scoop. This is incredible. That's even better. I thought he had found it, and you did. Well, anyway, John wrote a, a piece about it in The Sun. But Well, actually, it wasn't John. It, he passed it on to a co-worker. Oh, pardon me. If you did, uh, my mistake then. Um, anyway, the point being is that this— gentleman said that he was in the Hilton Hotel having a drink and he overheard people talking about the plans to assassinate the president some three days. Gurley is certain that Lee Harvey Oswald yep. was one of the three. Right. And so Lee Harvey Oswald yeah. was in Vancouver in 63. Jack Ruby yes. put out a record in 63. Yeah. Did Lee Harvey Oswald go to the penthouse? No, no. We don't know. I mean, could he, he could have. Why did he go to the Hilton Hotel? Well, that's a good question. You know, like, I mean, some of the other... Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn, of course, went to the penthouse, yeah, and uh, uh, the week that he was in town before he died. Um, I mean, God, lots of people and personalities, lots of lots of sports stars have been to the penthouse. It's 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 insane to see the list of people who have been in and out of that place. It's it's. There's very few places in Vancouver that are cross-generational places that are places like 
the penthouse or places that your grandparents in Vancouver could have gone to, your parents could go to, and you could go to. You can count them on one hand. There's the Stanley Park, the P&E, the Orpheum, maybe the Commodore, the penthouse, you know, maybe the Vogue. I don't know. Vogue's only been there since the late 40s. You know, there's the, this, is the, this is the thing. There's, there's, the city's changed so much. What you're, I, there's obviously going to be modernization, and the city's going to change, and there's, there's, there's going to be improvements, and gonna, that's, that's fine. But there's very little of what used to be Vancouver to experience that still you could still experience today in modern times. You still can't walk those same steps. You still can't enter that same doorway. You know, and, and that's that's a that's an important uh, that's an important aspect of, of uh, you know of of the story and and, and of the business. But there. back to Henry Gurley. Oh yes, yes. The JFK connect. You, yeah. you said there was a connection to the Commodore Ballroom because in the 1960s the Gurley family were the uh, were connected with the Rifle family. There was a, a gentleman by the, uh, by the last name of Gurley who married into the family and ran the Commodore from 1960 to 1969. In that year, now the Gour- that name Gurley, spelled exactly the way it's spelled in, in, with this gentleman, uh, is, the, is he related to the Gurley family that also owned the Commodore? That's what I'm looking into right now. And you are again Aaron Chapman, author of Liquor, Lust, and the Law. And we also have Danny Filipponi from the Penthouse. Oh, Did yeah! Actually, Bob Gucciani ever make it? You know, well, Mr. Bob Penthouse. Yeah. He, he Did tr- he ever come to the Penthouse? He tried to sue us one time. We uh, had a contest at the Penthouse called, uh, it was not an amateur night, it was the Penthouse Pet of the Year. And we made a big banner and put it up in front of the building. And we got a letter from um, Guccione from the Penthouse magazine saying, you better take that down. You're using our name. And we went, wait a minute. And we sent something back to him with uh, a letter from our lawyers saying, no, no, we've had our name before you had your magazine. And sure enough, he sent a letter back going, oops, sorry. What about, <laughs> yeah. Hugh, what about Hugh Hefner? No, no Hugh Hefner. Uh, I, we did. I do have a, uh, a share stock certificate. From him in my office, which uh, my dad bought for, I think, $1, and I have a Playboy uh, a stock certificate. See, I, I didn't tell you. How lots, about, of, lots of Playmates probably been Yeah, how about Pamela Anderson? No, I, I, I'm not sure she's ever been there, but uh, I know, uh, you know, Dorothy Stratton, the famous, you know, she did frequent the penthouse, uh, and, and they, they How about that, Ron Jeremy, or Seika, or Nina Hartley? Nina Hartley. Nina she, Hartley we, was there for sure. We brought her into the penthouse. She... Uh, she packed the place. We uh, um, literally, we um, we brought her in, and she sold out the club for two, three straight nights. That was one of my introductions. Big Fanny Annie, another one. Five hundred pound stripper. A fluff. Yeah. Well, how about Tempest Storm oh, or yes. Betty Page? Tempest yes. Storm. She's yes. in the book. Yeah, Tempest is, and her and her and her husband uh, uh, at the time. Yeah. No, they were all uh, they all came through the penthouse. Yeah. What about the relationship of the police and the penthouse? Mm, mm. Well, you know, there was always something. I don't know some part in the the one of the Filipponi, one of Danny's, you know, uncles or because uh, you said father. there was surveillance. Well, what happened was is that the the Vancouver Dry Squad, when the Penthouse was just a bottle club, when it didn't have a liquor license, essentially operating as an after hours club, the Penthouse, the Vancouver Police Department would send in a Dry Squad raid to make sure nobody was drinking. They'd come in to flash their flash bulbs around and or, or pardon me, their their, their flashlights, and uh, because and it was, that was, it was led by Bill Harkema. Uh, Hark- well, Harkeman was—I don't know if he was, was related on, uh, to Reg Harkema. 
Uh, there who may be, there did may the Hardcore yeah, logo? There, yeah, there probably is actually. There's how many Harkamas going to be in town? Well, Harkama well, was he didn't do Hardcore logo, but uh, yeah, Har- Harkama was was one of the junior uh, uh, police officers who would have been on the squad at that time. Grant McDonald, another police officer, like, who's, who's set been, up a raid. Talks you were like at the penthouse, and then the police would You'd march be, in. Well, there, there, there was a. We used to uh, employ a spotter, and a spotter used to actually be on the rooftop. And my dad tells this story when, when the police cars would come whizzing down Seymour Street, sometimes three, four, or five patrol cars at a time, the spotter would see the police cars. He would then radio down, and we would hit a buzzer. Now, that buzzer's still in the penthouse to this day. That buzzer would go off, and a band the, 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 it, yeah. the band would uh, play their key song, Roll Out the Barrel, or some code song, and the buzzer would be going off, and everyone would lift up their tablecloths and, and hide the, the liquor into those little secret compartments. Well, as Grant McDonald says, when they came in the club, they knew what was going on. I mean, they just walked around with their flashlights, like Aaron said, but they, they didn't make a, make a stink They'd of it. They'd be there the other night, another night themselves drinking. Yeah, that's the right. The whole idea was you couldn't see it in public. It had to be hidden. Right. It couldn't be done, so everybody just hid their they, eyes. They, How about when they were come dancers? Back, yeah. like, were, were, did the cops arrive when there were dancers oh, on absolutely. stage? Sure. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the penos probably uh, was a little bit behind the times because it didn't go full nude in the beginning. No, it, it, was, uh, it was pacing. Pasties, pasties, and, yeah, and but the yeah the police definitely they would come in with their flashlights and do their walk around the bars. We call it was it. really what happened in 1975 with the major police investigation at, at the Penthouse nightclub when they when they set up the surveillance. The Vancouver Police Department sent a million spent about a million dollars, which is a heck of a lot of money in 1975, uh, into the into the, the the investigation and the trial against uh, the Filipponi family because they accused them of living off the avails of prostitution simply because there were prostitutes frequenting the bars as customers and using it as a place to meet uh, people. And the, pe- the penthouse was making money off their cover charges. And because of the trial, you could have the book. It, that's, that's, it, that's it, yeah, essentially. New so, advice. Yeah, so you know they, they were certainly targeted. And, and if you talk to retired police today, many of them feel Vern that, Campbell. Was, that was, it was a mistake to target the penthouse in that way because what happened was is in the wake of that happening, the penthouse was closed for three years, the liquor license taken away, the, the Filipponi family fought the charges, fought to get their liquor license back and reopened again. Not long after that, Joe was murdered. But in the wake of all that happening, the the – uh, Vancouver prostitutes were sort of pushed out into the street, and you began to have the problem you, you had in the West End in the late 70s and early 80s. And even some people, I know some uh, local historians would suggest that the problems that then later happened with uh, the advent of Willie Picton in, in uh, you know outside the city and and uh, and that kind of that kind of predator uh, that was uh, murdering prostitutes working on the street. And, and putting women out into the street like that, it, it jeopardizing their safety, that was all caused by the stupidity of, of targeting them. Because back then, had somebody like Willie Pickton come into the penthouse, Ross would have probably got a look at him and thought, this guy, something weird up with him, written down his license plate number, said you know said to one of his door guys, keep an eye on that guy, it's something, something strange about him. One of these kind of things would have happened. It was, it was, it was in as much as the, the, the penthouse was not involved in that industry whatsoever, they kept an eye on everybody. And uh, it's it's interesting to think of what would happen, and maybe the the police not uh, not uh, gone after the the pentos. You mentioned actually Joe's death. I mean, Danny, 
that was kind of sad. That was really a sad chapter in the penthouse's history. He was killed for less than a thousand bucks. Can yeah. you explain for people that aren't familiar with it what happened? Like killed for less than a thousand bucks. Well, you know, it's something that we. Do. It was your uncle too, yeah, right? Yeah, of course, my uncle Joe, and and I, of course, Uncle Joe and I were really close. It's something that we don't really talk about a lot on our tour. Aaron does, of course, bring it up in the book. It's its own chapter in itself. But I do remember I was in high school at the time, and I remember being woken up by by my dad crying. And it was the first time I'd ever heard him cry ever. And he had gotten a phone call from his brother and informed him of Uncle Joe's uh, murder. I remember driving down with my dad to to the penos that very morning, and we didn't say a word to each other on the drive. But, it, you know, of course, it was a big blow to our family, m- you know, before anything else. Forget the club. Forget uh, anything. It was a, a big blow to us. He was he was our leader. Uh, he was he was he was the boss. And, and we were really at, at a loss of what to do um, after he passed away. And yes, and all for what? A thousand dollars. As it as it, there was rumors uh, back in the day that uh, there was millions and millions of dollars I- in a safe. And at the end of the day, people say it was this and that. But it really was just a bungled robbery that that went wrong and 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 that that's about the end of that yeah that's true is there anybody that wouldn't talk to you like strippers etc from the history of the penthouse you said you got a lot of information and pictures subsequently is there anybody Mm. that still won't talk to you um they're probably or you tried to track down yeah i'm trying to think that not most people were surprisingly forthcoming and and like did you say i'm aaron from the town pines and then people say no (laughs) no i i would say that i was a writer with the vancouver courier and i'm writing on a book about the history of the penthouse and this is what i was uh doing some people some people would would hang up on me and then i would try a friend of theirs that i knew better and then i would explain to them a little bit what i was trying to write about uh uh, certainly, because I had, I think, because I had Danny's. Uh, uh, it was an authorized uh, bar. It was part of, you know, it wasn't somebody out of the woodwork writing something about it. That I had the Filipponi family's blessing. I, susp- I suppose that helped uh, a little bit. Um, certainly, the nice thing was in the wake of the book it, it itself as well. I think in the terms of uh, what I wrote about the police investigation, I simply tried to write and explain f- quite fairly what what happened with that. Um, I made some good connections with the Vancouver, some retired members of the Vancouver Police Department, and that probably helped uh, certainly in, in writing the Last Gang in Town, the, the latest book I did about the uh, the Vancouver Police Department sort of battle with the, some East End street gangs around that time. I was able to get better access, and because they had read what I had done before, they sort of know knew where I was coming at. Some of these some people get notoriously uh, don't want to talk when it's a reporter. But if you say you're a historian and you're an author and you're yeah, writing a book, I, I you, get often, a, you get a different attitude from people. I, I had people call me uh, a lot and ask me about Aaron and say, is, is it okay to, to talk <laughs> to this guy? I say, yeah, it's good to go. And yeah. you encountered that with the Clark Park book too, didn't you? I think so, yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, And that, that sometimes it, it takes a while. Sometimes when you first sit down with somebody to interview them, you don't turn the tape recorder on at all. You just talk and see you know, until they feel comfortable. And you have to meet with them a, a second time and say, well, maybe I can kind of – get some of this stuff down if you don't mind just for my and it, that's just a rather than just so I can get your quote exactly right or exactly what you said correctly you know so there's certain things you know I, I was I got called into a up to Langara to do uh, speak at a journalism class up there and about some of the interview techniques uh, to do in some of this stuff that I've kind of learned quite a little bit along the way but I've had some success with I guess in, in speaking to some people that uh, they don't often, you know, have a microphone put in front of them, or or, or uh, and, and to make sort of people feel at ease. But by and large, I I, I found 
everybody pretty forthcoming to what they wanted to uh, speak of, you know, and, and, and the, the, at the end of the day, for all the troubles that maybe the penthouse has faced over there, there's, there's, a, there's a remarkably warm feeling that people have about the place. It's true. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's a good point. A yeah. lot, lot of hugs. Yeah. And people can check that out next Thursday night. That's right. Shout out to my brother, Joey. Uh, big, oh. f- big fan of the shows. And I know he's listening. Just want to say hi to my brother. He's a Nardwar fan. Thank you for caring. Just three quick questions. Yes, sir. I was wondering about Penthouse clothing, Eagle Time jackets, Joe's tie. What's on that? The the, the the shirts that you're that yeah. you refer in, in the book yeah all this stuff? in the book yeah well I think it's all back in fashion now to be <laughs> honest but he really did uh, uh, hit some of his shirts oh, and his incredible incredible yeah and uh, when he, he went after Joe uh, after Joe died a lot of the, that old clothing and those real amazing ties and shirts and jackets that he had uh, all ended all ended up being uh, sent to the Vancouver Playhouse Playhouse yeah and so uh, if you saw a production of Death of a Salesman in the in the in the late <laughs> 1980s and you saw somebody wearing Wearing a Chances a loud tie. Like, That's an old Joe Filipponi tie. I think there's still a few of them around in some of the costume dressers. Yeah. How about Seymour Street? Is the penthouse the last old-time business on Seymour? And even in Vancouver, what about High's Mansion? Like, is the penthouse unique? In that? What are the other heritage sites downtown like well, the penthouse? On, on, on Seymour Street, for sure. It's it's the it's iconic. Uh, it's a landmark. Uh, I mean, there are some places, of course, downtown. I mean, I, I have worked downtown my whole life. And for me just to walk around and, and, and look at all the different corners that used to have this building or used to have that, it's, it's sort of hard to uh, imagine a, a city, how fast it's changed. You talk about highs. I mean. Oh, uh, good cheese bread. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and, and highs used to get their steaks. From, from from my Uncle Joe. In, yeah. in fact, we still have in the Pantos an original uh, one of those big uh, uh, barbecue where, you know, where the flames and the and you cook the steak. Still there, upstairs. Still there, yeah. Upstairs. And people can check it out next Thursday night, right? Thursday, November and 30th. And buy the book. They buy get, get the book. Where's the book available? available. It's, it's a good gift. It's, it's, uh, uh, well, could you explain while I get everything queued up? And actually, sure. what are we going to end with right now, music-wise? We're going to end with uh, Roger and the Gypsies, uh, Pass the Hatchet, one of the songs that you would have heard had you walked into the penthouse, let's say in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. And chapters. S- s- somebody dances. You can get the book at Chapters, Indigo, Book Warehouse, and, Black and, Bond Books. And are you ready for this? At Costco. It's at Costco now. Costco. Unbelievable. Wait. It's anywhere books are sold. You can get it on Amazon, too. Uh, it's uh, it's available at any bookstore in B.C. And it's uh, I'm very proud to uh, have, have uh, written a part of it, written it and and, and uh, been able to uh, sort of entrusted with the with the penthouse and, the, and in many ways the Filipponi family history to tell the story. It's one of the great stories of Vancouver. It's one of the great stories of modern Vancouver. And uh, you know there was a thing on the um, there was a thing in the West Ender a couple of years ago of uh, of a great Italian business people that were Italian contributions to uh, it is a great this is a great Italian story they put they put a Leonard Doozy on the on the on the front cover they put a couple of other Italians I tell you Danny Danny, Danny Filipponi should have been on that cover as well <laughs> because it, if to to keep the business running as he has for the last thirty years. Free of a lot of the problems that that uh, his uncles and his father face, it's a testament to his own business ability. And uh, you know the future the, the future of the penthouse is, is in good hands for a while yet. You know, like uh, while he still maintains it, it's it's an amazing story. So. What is going on, lastly, I should say, in that picture right there that I tweeted out? That's a picture of Uncle Joe in our famous green room. That's part of the tour uh, with a couple girls there. I know, too, uh, Daniel Dean. Daniel Dean, yeah. Yeah, I think Uncle Joe there, he's just... uh, 
Hard he's, at work. He's hard at work. And he's yeah. hard at work, but he also went to Vegas for some scouting trips. Oh, many. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 what they, did he find in him, Vegas? Well, they would go down and see shows that yeah. they liked and, and wanted to bring those shows up to Vancouver. And these would have been big sort of casino lounge showpieces with, with yeah. you know, eight-piece bands and ten performers and things like this that he would uh, think, like, if they're coming on a tour and doing the West Coast, let's book them here. You know, there was nobody else doing that in Vancouver, and, and uh, people forget that when they when they think of the penthouse. Well, here we go. Roger and the Gypsies. This is the penthouse is in a, the 60s. Oh, man, you're going to love it. Let her rip. And actually, coming up this Thursday, we are going to have the 70th anniversary. 70th anniversary. Come on down. It's uh, it's going to be a great night. If you're in the if you're in the neighborhood, come on down and say hi. Say hi to Danny, myself. Yeah, uh, why should people you. care about the penthouse? Why should people it's, care? It's, it is one of the great sort of uh, great fabled bars of Vancouver in a city where we've lost. The, you know, the, the town pump's gone. The Richards on Richards gone. The Starfish Room. The Cave. Uh, the you know the, certainly the old Smiling Buddha. But somehow the the penthouse is still there. If you've never been. Uh, take take the night to come on down and check it out because and you if won't you don't make it on Thursday, come to Secrets <laughs> of the Penthouse. Come any night. It's you know, uh, come and check it out. There are a lot of people that would, would never sort of maybe think as a as it's something different. And give the book as a Christmas and present get, and, as I have. And get the book as a Christmas <laughs> present. I'll sign it for you. I'll come to your house and read it for you if you want. It's it's a great book. And here we go, Roger and the Roger the Gypsies. Pass the hatchet, yeah. part two. And do oh. and do 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 do.